Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. My name is Joey Kidney, and welcome to the Happy Times Podcast. This is a place where you can talk about what, or listen, mainly listen to whatever I'm saying and feel comfortable. I hope this is a space where you can you can talk, you can bring this to other friends where... You can bring this to your parents. If you feel unsafe, then please let me know or join the Facebook group My OK Place um, and we can talk about it. But today is a special episode. You guys know that I never really have guests on here. And the reason why is because I don't really I don't really care for like interviewing people because it's interesting, but I'd, I, I'd rather help people more. I'd rather talk about the deep stuff. I, I think those conversations really help people more than just learning about others. I think learning about why people think the way they think and do what they do and what they believe in is much more impactful. And there's this, there's a TikToker or, well, he's more than just a TikToker, but you'll get to know him. His name is Matthias James Barker. And he's a TikToker that I found recently. And his, his videos are just absolutely amazing. And I, I wanted to bring him on and we're going to talk a little bit about his backstory because he is a licensed therapist. And we're also going to talk about, you know, why he became one, where he came from, where he lived, everything. And then we're going to dive into some questions uh, like heartbreak, like overthinking, self-criticism. And it's going to be interesting because there's my point of view, someone who's unlicensed, someone who just learns from their own experiences as well as he does, but he is licensed. He he does know the, the, the proper way to answer certain things. So it's going to be truly truly amazing so i hope you guys enjoy and if you do please let me know like dm me or something saying hey i listened to the podcast blah blah, blah. it would be really interesting okay um enjoy here we go Welcome to the Happy Times podcast. all right we're recording <sighs> how's it going nice to meet you man nice man. to see your face i'm used to seeing you on tiktok and you and i both have this thing where we get a camera and we make sure that it's like this really goopy lens so they can stare right into our eyes the amount of comments <laughs> that I get that are like, I, I'm staring into your soul. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did you choose to go that direction? Why do you have a great camera set up? And what was the inspiration behind that? I mean, I've been doing YouTube for eight years. So mm-hmm. I had all the stuff. I'm so used to filming in front of a camera, like looking dead into it, that mm-hmm. it was like a no brainer. And what, what is different though, is filming vertically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. really weirds me out i don't yeah. know and it, it zooms so much in the way that the the camera and the lens um reacts to to vor- vertical and like how it because i use a sigma lens so yeah. it kind of like it has that little tiny bit of warp yeah uh, at the bottoms and it's just yeah. it makes everything pop um yeah i have so a sigma lens like, too i use the 35 is that what you're using um I, I have that as well, but I use okay. the 18 to 35 just because I have it. I yeah. use my ADD, so it's just a crop frame. You know, I think what's cool is like not a lot of people are doing that on TikTok, so it's kind of an eye catcher because everyone's using their iPhones and everyone's just yeah. kind of being normal about it. And then that's actually why. Eyes. It literally, <laughs> I'm just like there staring at people. Like, why is his eye so big? I'm like, I 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's um, funny. But yeah, no, I, I tested it out because I was like, why? Like, what's what works on TikTok when I was doing like all like, what's my format? And right. I was doing iPhone stuff, and I'm like, it just doesn't. Like, I don't want to watch this. But then I started doing the the in camera stuff, and I was like, whoa, this makes you stop. Right. Um, and you do the same thing, and like I'm always mm-hmm. stopping. And and your videos are, yours are all almost over thirty seconds, right? At um, least. yeah. Um, I actually like usually like almost up to 59 seconds. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's like, that's like breaking algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> well, cause I, I originally got into it because, um, like I've been on Instagram for a long time and just doing a bunch of videos there. And, and then Instagram came out with reels and I was like, oh, I'll try this. And it was like 15 yeah. seconds. And I had a hard time fitting an idea into 15 seconds. Like you can do it. Absolutely. Like, especially poets. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, it's almost kind of the art is like, how can I make this as dense as possible and say the most with the smallest amount of space? Well, I still, I still find it hard for reels. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so difficult. I found TikTok hard. So going from YouTube Mm -hmm. and making YouTube was like three to four minutes. And then they were like, Oh, now we like longer videos. And it was like 12 minutes long. They loved. And then, so I started doing those and then TikTok came out. I'm like, how, how yeah. am I supposed to do this again and go back? <laughs> like it doesn't work. And then yeah. it, it worked. And then Instagram came out with reels and I was like, mm-hmm. I found that really difficult. So what I do is I just, I have my cuts in my reels. Mm-hmm. I don't, I like the one takes. I think like, like your, your videos with the one takes are like so captivating. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're almost waiting for your thought to end, but then you keep going. And then that's where it's like, whoa, this, this, this is like, wow. This is like, it adds a wow factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to put it. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you were the first person I saw on TikTok and I'm like, Oh, we're up to the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. there was just kind of this moment of like, Oh, I I couldn't find anyone else that maybe got maybe what I was trying to do. And I'm like, Oh, Joey, he's doing it. Like he's, he's in that space where, and and maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is how I'd summarize kind of what we're up to. It's like, we're putting emotions and thoughts and words to what feels really hard to describe and what feels really hard to put, I don't know, your finger on. Yeah. And then we say it in a particular way and it's like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Well, exactly. And I don't think it's like, I, I, I mean, we'll get, we'll get more into to what, you, what you do uh, as mm-hmm. a profession. But sure. I, I don't think it's some big, great, grand scheme of things. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes just hearing the right words and the right format, mm-hmm. the right sentence really, really hits home with people. And it could be the easiest thing. It could be like four words and people are like, oh, my God. You just solved my problem. It's just like they have it inside of them. They just need to hear it for themselves. And so that's what I think we do really well is that like, it's a lot. Like I think the stuff that you say are like, is awesome. It like goes to the, to the really, like it, it really shows how therapist, like yeah. how you're licensed and everything. Um, but it's like simple lines can really, really help people and go a long way. And I, I think that's awesome. So about you more. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I noticed you also did a lot of photography as well, right? Yeah. 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 So I was, um, I was like a photographer and that's what put me through school. So I guess, I guess we haven't really done much of an introduction. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a thighs that I'm a psychotherapist in Spokane. <laughs> so for anyone listening is like, who's this guy we're talking about TikTok. Um, yeah, I, I, I counsel, uh, and I have like 30 clients that I just every week. Um, here in Spokane and I do a lot of couples counseling and I do a lot of, um, a lot of trauma work. I do a lot of, uh, work with kids. I work with just people trying to figure out their anxiety and working through pain, working through relationships, stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of my everyday job, but I, I did photography to kind of get through school. 
And so I was doing wedding photos. I was doing commercial work. Um, I was doing photos for like, I don't, I, I did like an Instagram adventure photographer thing for a few years and that was pretty yeah. fun. Like I was just going on hikes and taking photos of like lakes and, and mountains and stuff. And then I You're, got a bunch of followers. I mean, I scrolled, I scrolled, I scrolled back to see, I was like, okay, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. I find with people who can help other people, there's, there's yeah. a lot to their life. And so I was like, mm. okay, I, I want to see, I want to know. Um, mm. And I scrolled back and I was like, your photos are beautiful. Oh, thanks. Like, yeah. please tell me you Thank didn't you. stop taking photos. Well, I think I, well, I work like 60 hours a week now, so I, <laughs> I can't get out and hike as much as I used to. But I think what's, uh, what's cool is just kind of switching that creative brain onto a different task. And yeah. um, like, I'm, I'm really creative. I do a bunch of different kind of art forms. I play music. I, um, I do pottery. I, um, I love to write songs and, and stuff too. So there's just a lot of different creative um, tasks that I fill my mind with and, and that keep me going. And so this was cool. Cause it was like a blank canvas. It's like, Oh, okay. I can do video. Right. I can combine what I'm doing with psychotherapy. I can try to say it in a creative way. Like, and it's been like the way that I think about it is, is very much like I'm creating an art piece, not so much like I'm trying to educate people. Not really like I'm trying to, like, I think about it more in the lines of poetry. It's like, how can I say the most in the smallest amount of space? And like, and get right past maybe people's like cynicism and intellectual boundaries that they just like set up because they're just defensive because the world's harsh and people are always trying to sell them something or people are always trying to like, everyone has an angle, yeah. but then I'm just like, Hey, can we just sit in a space and be real for just a minute? And I think that's, that's been a creative endeavor. That's been super engaging. Which is very, very, very surprising that TikTok likes the space your for? format <laughs> yeah i have no idea why <laughs> like i yeah. i've i've been doing this full time for for a very long time now so yeah. it's like wow. to understand algorithms is is a whole different world and like mm -hmm. tiktok loves short videos but then you mm -hmm. come in and you're like no no get that out yeah of well i got into the space and and so maybe you've been in this space longer than I have. So help me make sense of this because everyone doing psychological stuff was doing really positive, just kind of like catchy, mm -hmm. uh, pointing to thought bubbles, like um, kind of dancing and, and everything was like super like lighthearted. And I thought, oh, okay, this isn't really a space for anything much to do with suffering or anything deep. Um, and so I kind of wrote it off at first. And then, and it was also like you're saying really short, um, five signs you're a narcissist kind of stuff like that, like, or you're dating a narcissist or whatever. And then I just kind of put up some videos, not really trying to get with any sort of trend or do anything that I thought would work. Just something that felt that I could get behind. Just yeah. And then you wake up one day and there's thousands <laughs> of notifications. Yeah. You're like what, how did this work? Well, that's literally what happened. So I, I posted like three videos. This was Oh, what's the month before October? September <laughs> in September. And, uh, and they, and they got, you know, like that normal, just like a couple hundred views that you get when right. you start an account, like whatever. And then I closed the app. I didn't even open up TikTok for like a month. And I checked back and one of them had like 64,000 views. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, cool. And I posted another couple and then one went to a hundred thousand. And then I posted three more and then one went to 500,000. And I was like, yeah, some things here. And, and that was really exciting. So I, I kind of just started posting daily after that. Yeah. My, my girlfriend would always ask, she would be like, you're working too much. I'm like, I, I can't stop. Like something's here. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, got to keep going. I have yep. to dig. I have to find out what it is. I don't understand it. And that's mm -hmm. bugging me. I need to know how this success is happening. Um, mm -hmm. But I think you do a really, really amazing job with it. So I know thank I've you. said that a lot, but I mean it. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. I, thank you. I, like, I, th I think you're helping a lot of people in, 
I think people connect with you because it's a very friendly way that you're mm. giving advice. And I don't mean to take away from the, from the amount of studying that you've done. No, um, yeah, yeah. So you are licensed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I'm, it's in Washington state that I'm pre-licensed. So that means I went through school. I have to get 2000 hours of counseling in before I get fully licensed, but that's just, you know, um, yeah. Technicalities, but yeah. Yeah. So well, I I'm, feel like you're almost there if you're working 60 hours a week. Yep. Yeah. That's, I'm about there. So <laughs> I'm close. I'll be testing awesome. here soon. And, and uh, yeah, I've been hitting the ground running. So it's been cool. That's awesome. Well, I think you, I think you do it in like this. Like I, I know probably that like, sorry, I don't, I don't necessarily think before I talk. So I'm just yeah, going to no, say, you're fine. Um, I think you do it in a very, like, like you keep people on the same level as you, mm. you don't, you don't come in the situation and it's just like, okay, wait, you're wrong. Here's why you're like, okay, I hear you, but maybe think about this. You know, it's, it's not, you don't shut people down right away. And I know these are just from TikTok videos, but yeah, you can just, yeah. you just tell by the way that you approach a situation that you think mm-hmm. about like how somebody may feel about it before they get advice. You know, when, when we ask somebody for our, their opinion, we don't want like just an answer right away. We want mm-hmm. somebody to like kind of acknowledge that we're, they were stressed, that we're struggling. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we want to know like, okay, well now what would you, what would you do versus yeah. just like, okay, here's what you need to do. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to describe it. Cool. I mean, a lot of the things that I'm posting on TikTok are things that I've, you know, kind of vetted through people. And so just in my sessions every week, it's like, I'll have a word picture that comes to mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to use this at least three to five times with people and see if it works first. Yeah. And then you get like real reactions because none of my clients think I'm anything impressive. I'm just their therapist, you know? So it's, it's like, they're not going to, that's, that's pretty impressive. They, they don't, well, they're not going to pat me on the back and try to make me feel good about anything. So it's right. They're, they're going to react authentically and you can see it on their face. If they're confused, if that doesn't quite land, if it's a little too simplistic, if it's not, if it's not quite proximal enough. And so I think what's cool is like getting within therapy, within just clinical work, like getting to carve out metaphors, getting to carve out ways of just talking about suffering or pain or relationships or love and getting to hear it off the canvas of like a lot of different kinds of people too. And then trying to distill out that common thread, like what's common amongst all these people when it comes to maybe like resentment against parents. Right. You know, so like in the two years that I've been walking, you know, you know, uh, eight hours a day talking to people about their frustrations towards their parents. It's like, what's in common. And, and I'm like, and I can pull that out. And that's maybe the creative fun intellectual part of it is like distilling out the essence of it. And then can I put that in a minute? And so you're there <laughs> talking, sitting, talking about people's, people's struggles. And you're like, okay, well, hold on. TikTok. Let me write this down. <laughs> no, I mean, it's uh, it sounds a little corny, but yeah, I have a note open on my laptop just next to me and they're just talking and I'll just jot down it. Cause I'll forget it if I don't jot it down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, cause I'm, I'm always kind of like doing notes kind of on like uh, case notes, like for, for insurance and stuff on the side yeah. too. But yeah. I have a little note where I'm just like a uh, metaphor with stick and dog. <laughs> and I'll just write that down. <laughs> And then, and then afterwards, I'll try to put that together and see if it sticks. I, so I do, I do something where if I'm talking with my girlfriend or if I'm talking with my brother mm-hmm. or a friend and we're almost, if, if we're having like a, an argument or if we're discussing something, I'm like, yeah, I'll find myself, I'll catch myself stopping, going mm-hmm. to my phone. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, hold on. What you said was like really, really good. Like I think yeah, 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 something yeah. out of this and they're like, what? And I have a hard time with that because like, I work constantly like mm. all the time, like 24 seven. So shutting off is very difficult, but I, I don't know. 
I'm young. So, yeah. Well, where do you pull a lot of that inspiration? So is that from friends? I know you're writing a book right now. Like tell me about your process a bit. Yeah. I got a, I got a few books going right now. Um, I have always made my content because of other people. Um, all like I, I started because I was a, I was a hockey player growing up, got a Mm -hmm. lot of injuries and going from the tough sports guy to being injured. You, you, you find yourself there. Like I'm telling you, like any, there's a lot of guys that, that would say the same thing. Um, and so then I just, my friend, I like growing up, my friends would always come to me for advice. I'm like, I don't know. Like it was even at the age where like, like girls still like cooties, they would come mm-hmm. to me for advice. And I was like a late bloomer. Like I, nothing, never even talked to a girl. And they would come to me for advice. I'm like, why? They're like, you just seem like you got the answers. I'm like, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And then I started making YouTube videos about just like whatever was on my head and whatever people talked to me about that week. I just like made a video on it. And then I got called into uh, the guidance counselor's office in like high school. And I was like, mm. Oh my God, what did I do wrong? They're like, well, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it right. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, people are coming in the office being like, these guys, this guy's videos helped me. And I'm like, what? Mm. And then I just took that and I got going. And it's been like this wild, wild journey, um, which is interesting as like why it's kind of blowing up on TikTok because mm. the, what I've, what I've noticed is like, you know, David Dobrik, right? Yeah. Yeah. So take a David well, Dobrik I don't video. know him. I, I, I watch him. I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, t- take a David Dobrik video. When you watch it, you're like, yeah. oh my God, this is so funny. Like I want my, I want my friend to see this and you send it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Take one of our videos. It's, it's not necessarily like, oh my God, this is so funny. I want to send this to all my friends. No, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're talking about depression that I can really relate to. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to send this to my friends. But on TikTok, like, you can see the shares and it's mm-hmm. thousands. And I, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I'm like, this is how people are communicating to their friends that they're, that they're going through something, which is really interesting to me. It's like they, this, this, this small little piece of content can help define their and everything that they're going through to their friends because they might not be able to word it but we could and it's that's really interesting to me yeah i and i think that's a new thing like as far as media goes is because i, I saw the same thing I, I did a video like on childhood trauma and it got fifty thousand shares and i was like who's sharing this depressing video <laughs> and i was like i don't even i wouldn't even share this no that's not true i i did share it i posted it but i um I was, I was shocked i was like wow there's something not only this is resonating with people but this is like oh i want to tell other people about this and i think there's this authenticity kind of just rising up from i don't know maybe it's a younger generation i think tiktok is actually more diverse than people think age-wise but uh, yeah. um but people kind of feel this i think the stigma around mental health is is really decreased, uh, maybe virt- maybe even gone. I think, especially on, in more kind of like uh, like coastal cities and stuff. Um, maybe maybe in the center of the country, it's a little different in the U.S. But uh, but around mental health stigma, around being able to be forward about things like I'm experiencing depression, I'm experiencing crisis. There's yeah. there's less shame around that. It's not as stigmatized. So that's that's interesting. Well, one thing that's like always um, really hard to talk about is that I actually think it became a trend for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm. like I, I think anxiety became like this clickbait, uh, on YouTube a lot. And people started like making merch of it wow. yeah. and like just putting the word anxiety 
on a shirt. And like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not in my opinion, but mm-hmm. like you, if you want to make your money that way, like that sucks. Like wearing it as a badge of honor kind of. Yeah. And it's like, it's your own struggle. It's what you, what you deal with. Um, but it's just like to profit off of somebody's struggles. So it's like a, you know, the only people who should do that is a therapist who's, who's helping <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, yeah. so it's just like, there's, there's, there's many different ways you can look at it. Mm. Um, but I want to know what, what made you want to become a therapist? What made you want to talk to people mm. and work through things? Um, yeah, I, I actually wanted to be a pastor. So I, I grew up, you know, in church and volunteering and I was like on staff as like a music director for a church in high school. And then, um, I went to college to get a Bible degree and was convinced that I was going to be a pastor. And so I did a lot of like public speaking classes and preaching classes. And, and, uh, I loved, um, I loved that aspect of it. I loved communicating. And so I think that was fun. And then I, um, I led like a college internship, uh, ministry, uh, in my undergrad. And then, yeah, I don't know, there's a long story to that, but lots of, lots of different roles within church. And, and then I had this huge falling out with the church, maybe two or three years ago where I went through a pretty big faith crisis and mm-hmm. deconstructed a lot of um, the things that I held really closely. And honestly, like maybe the center pillars of my life were all kind of organized around Christian faith and church. And that was going to be my career. That was how I thought about myself. Those were the themes that held together. Well, everything. And, and so when that fell out, that was really um, traumatizing. And, and so I, I, I was kind of scrambling at the end of that, like, what the heck do I do? Like, so if I'm not going to be a pastor, if I'm not going to be in a church setting, like, do I work? I, I was working at Apple. Yeah. I was working at Apple at the time. And I'm like, I'm tired of resetting people's Apple IDs and helping people figure out their password. And, uh, gosh, and I don't know. There's just so many, there's so many parts of just like life that I felt so discontent with. And I was just like, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be doing something. I feel like I've, my whole life's been going one direction and then I got veered off and, and now I'm just kind of left yeah. kind of afloat. At and how, just, how old are you? Um, so I'm 20, uh, how old am I? I'm 28 now. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said some other age. Uh, I'm 28 now. And so this was like 24, 25. This was okay. So I'm, I'm 24. So around the, that, yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so it, and then, and then that's when you switched over and you, went to school where you live? Yeah. So, um, I did an online program. So I, I actually had a therapist. So I was in therapy and my therapist was like, you'd probably be a good counselor. And, uh, you know, you could probably do like shepherding quote unquote was kind of the Bible church word for it, but mm-hmm. you could do that with just people. Like you can still help people. Why not just do what you were doing in church, but just kind of in a, I don't know, a psychology setting. I was like, Oh, that's actually a pretty interesting idea. And so I, I decided to do that and went to, um, went to start my master's program and did an online program, which I wouldn't recommend um, to anybody. I didn't like the school that I went to at all, but uh, it was very good. But I, I actually came across um, just a lot of different psychologists. I think what maybe a lot of people don't know unless you're in it is a lot of like the core dudes. So we're talking like, like Freud and Carl Jung and Jean Piaget and Carl Rogers, like just these, the men who built psychology from the ground up. A lot of them, um, not Freud so much, but, but a lot of them started out with a lot of faith questions and a lot of questions about who is God and what is my identity as in regards to like, you know, faith and religion. And, and so what was fascinating to find was all these men who were wrestling through and struggling through how to put together their identity in reference to God. And, and it was actually through maybe a lot of that, that I recovered a lot of that faith and built that back up and, and actually entered back into church and like <laughs> organized all that again. And 
And then I found myself in this field, having gone through a pretty huge identity transformation. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I'll just stick here because I think there's, there's something unique here. I really love the right. world of counseling psychology. It's made me a, a lot more of a, um, a versatile person, like being able to talk about suffering and stuff, not just through a theological lens, but through like a psychological lens. And right. I feel like I talk to just everyday people with a lot more um, authenticity and realness because not everything has to be geared through religious stuff and and uh not that that's bad when when that presents itself it's just it's been well cool. the other thing so, is that you can also reach a wider audience when you talk yeah. about it in, in that way exactly as well, right yeah yeah so that's a that's a big part of the story is is um kind of just this identity so me becoming a counselor was right in the middle of maybe this huge breakdown in who i was and then rebuilding that and then actually recovering a lot of those themes at the end of it um to where i feel whole like i feel put back together and that's really cool. And do you still feel that way? Like why, why do you, I guess the question is like, why do you continue doing it? Yeah, I, um, I guess that's a good question. I really enjoy it. I think the part that I liked about doing church work was the one-on-one conversations I was having with people. Mm -hmm. And, and at the end of the day, I think, um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy like volunteering at my church and doing a lot of stuff through, through that. But the everyday conversations I get to have with like couples and then maybe the practical knowledge, like the, just on the ground level stuff of like, okay, you're having a huge argument right now about how to organize your budget and your finances and you're at each other's throats. Like here's like a step-by-step procedural process if you need it to, to not just like figure out your budget, but how to come near each other warmly, how to come each other, come near each other, like with, trust and with closeness and so that you can figure out any problem not just your finances or how to discipline your kids or how to i don't know your sex life or whatever it's like right let's let's actually bring emotional warmth back into this relationship trust yeah. back into this relationship and yeah, rather than i guess i guess a lot of people come into the problem with just addressing an issue with their their spouse or partner with stress right yeah, yeah. They, they come into it just just completely stressed and they don't know they don't know how to like decompress before, mm-hmm. before, uh, talking to somebody. And that, I mean, that's something that everybody struggles with. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the one thing I, I found about like relationships is that it kind of stays the same through high school to getting married. Like I, I used to live in this, in this apartment building when I, when I was, I was a classic like YouTuber, you know, like things started going well, you know, you move out, you buy a car, all that stuff. I just moved out and I moved out into this apartment where everyone in the building was actually a, a, a divorcee. Like everyone was divorced and everyone has been through, through life, right? They're all, um, they're all 30 plus. And I lived on this one floor and I was that type of person who I, I want to make friends. I would, I literally like knock on everyone's door and I was like, hi, I'm Joey, blah, blah, yeah. Yeah, I got really close with like my, my end unit people, like the, these four apartments that were right beside mine. And they would all be going through something with relationships and they would all like knock on my door and be like, Hey, I want to talk. And I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like, at the time I was 20. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm just a 20 year old. Like, I don't know. I don't know about like marriage or dating people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been to it. And they were just like high school, mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. the same issues was like, okay, well, how do you think like they're going to react to that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, just, I think you just got to find out. And like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So it, it was really interesting. Um, do you, this might be a weird question. Do you, is there a certain topic that you enjoy talking about with people? Yeah, that's a good question. 
like, do you like the couple counseling more? Do you like talking about anxiety? I really like couples counseling. I like different topics for different reasons. Maybe it's the right answer. So couples counseling is exciting because, because it's like you're, um, because you have two people in there and both people are just as complex. And so it's like, it really sometimes feels like counseling on steroids because you're, you're, you're not just trying to pay attention to the body language and what people are saying, keeping track of storylines with one person. You're doing that with two people. And so it's hyper engaging. Like there's probably no other sessions that fly by as quickly as right. couples sessions. And so I, I extend couple sessions out to 90 minutes just so I can keep up, I guess, but it's, it's really engaging. And I think what's cool about it too is um, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of situations where you can look at somebody and be like, you have all the tools in front of you to be able to fix this if you want to. Like with psychopathology, like, like when someone has like clinical depression, sometimes there's just biological components that are, that are out of whack and you're going to find coping mechanisms. You're going to find ways of processing the trauma, the hardship that you're going through, finding ways to motivate yourself, finding ways to um, engage with life meaningfully yeah. But there's, but there's going to be this cloud that's, that's going to come at times when you don't predict, when you don't understand that, that is going to make things just more challenging. And so there's, it's, it's not like you're, you're ever telling anyone to resign to anything. There's, there's better and worse ways to handle that. But with couples work, what's interesting is, okay, there's a breach of trust. There's, there's um, a lack of emotional warmth, a lack of closeness. There maybe has been like a key betrayal that's happened. Um, here are the tools to be able to have conversations to build this back up and they're available to, if you want to follow us. So for example, like one of the first things we talk about is, okay, you have to repeat back what the other person says in your own words. And then they, they have to agree that that was what they said before you can make a comment. So if, if someone says, so it gets people rethinking. Yeah. And it gets people listening, like actually listening yeah. because you can't, you can't shoot in and be like, that's not how it happened. Or, or of course you would say that, or, and, and, you know, you can't respond contemptuously because you have to, before you can respond, before you can ask a question, before you can say anything, I want you to listen to the other person. And when they talk, you need to repeat back what they said in your own words. And then they have to agree. Yep. That's what I said. They have to, they have to agree that that's, that's it first before you can continue. Wow. And so that cuts out so much of the like venom because you can't be, oh, so what you're really saying is that you just think I'm an idiot. And then the person be like, no, that's not what I said at all. Yeah. And, you know, and that, and so then it's just that constant <laughs> back and forth, that vicious cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what's what I think a lot of people are shocked to find out is that they have to repeat what the other person said four or five times before they get it right. Right. And then when they do repeat it back, maybe an exchange of three or four different, um, you know, kind of going back and forth in conversation, they solve their problem lightning fast. Right. And and because it turns out like you can't, it's really hard to be critical and blame someone when you're trying to listen and you're trying to repeat back to them what you heard them say. Well, I think listening is like, I think listening is the greatest skill that anybody mm -hmm. can have. I think it's really impressive. I I when I when I think about that, I you know when you're going out with friends and you meet somebody new and mm -hmm. it, it, you you say you say hello, you ask for their name, you forget it in seconds. You didn't even listen yeah. to their name, yeah. but then they're like later they're like. Oh, Joey. So you, you said you were writing a book. Like, how's that going? And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, Whoa, what? Like immediately yeah. you feel just like comforted by this person. You're like, okay. Like it was a little scary that they knew so much. Mm -hmm. Like it shocks us that people listen. Yeah. And so. Yeah. It's a whole skill in itself because listening yeah. isn't being quiet. Like no. <laughs> listening is being able to synthesize what someone's saying and then actually giving them a signal back that you heard them. 
like actually yeah. repeating back in your own words. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful. So when someone listens to you and then, and then even like 10 minutes, like you're saying down the conversation, they reference it. It's like, Oh, you were yeah. there. You weren't just in your own head trying to figure out what to say next. Cool. I used to, I used to do this thing on, um, I have, it's funny because like on TikTok, I am known as like the, the sad, the sad guy with the sad eyes and whatever I talk <laughs> yeah, about the, yeah. the, the struggles and all that. Yeah. But I'm like in person, like I'm, I'm like the funny guy out of my friend group. Like I'm the mm-hmm. guy always making jokes and that's just like my release. Yeah. Um, but the, the one, the one thing that I noticed with making jokes is the only way to make people laugh or to know you're going to make somebody laugh, to know a joke is going to hit is to reference from earlier in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about something mm-hmm. and like 10 minutes go by and I make a joke about that. So I know they're going to understand. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's similar. I, I think, I think everything that we talk about, everything that we deal with kind of like intertwines mm-hmm. um, and it just makes sense because we're all friggin' thinking about it. Right. Yeah. We're all going through these, yeah. these struggles, these issues, uh, everything in our lives. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it can't be so separate. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It doesn't make sense to me how, how people think about, you know, say like their, their childhood and then what they're going through now. And they're like, Oh no, my childhood, I already lived that. Like that doesn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. the struggles I'm going through now. I'm like, wow, well, you know, it could be a factor. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I love that. That's so yeah. good. And I think you're, I think you're on too. Cause there's some, there's a connection there between humor and being able to touch on people's pain and the awareness of both there's, there's a correlation there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, cause I, I don't know. I, I'm a lot like, I, I resonate with what you're saying. Cause I'm just the guy with my friends. That's just goofy. And actually like, like I'm an Enneagram seven and a lot of people are like really shocked to find that. Cause I've just, I like to party and have fun and just tell jokes and be not serious. And then I'm this counselor who talks about serious things all day. <laughs> so well, that's um, the thing you need the release. You need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm very, very open about that. Like I, I, I make jokes about like, you know, what I've, what I've gone through. I mean, I'm like dark humor is like my favorite, my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm super open about that because I don't want somebody being like, Oh my God, you talk about like serious stuff. And then they'd be like, Oh, but I saw like this one video. You made a joke about this. Like, we're going to cancel that. I'm like, <laughs> no, like yeah. I have to, you have to have a release somehow, especially mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a lot of people's struggles, people are like damning you constantly. You're reading like mm-hmm. you have to have this release. Um, and well, to, to just do it in your own way, in a safe way, that's yeah. not going to harm anybody else. Like, I think that's harmless. Well, I've been wondering, so you've been in the public eye for a bit doing YouTube and then TikTok and you've kind of been all, I was, I was looking you up and you're just kind of everywhere, which is awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah, how do you, how do you balance that, like your own mental health with being in the public eye and then also having maybe a character that you portray in front of people. And then, so people have these expectations when maybe they meet you in public or something. Yeah. And then, but you have this whole other like 99% to your personality that people don't see. I think that's what makes it easy. So like that, that would be the separation. So when I hang yeah. out with my friends and you have to have good friends to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's, that's the key. A lot of like, I don't want to move out to LA because I don't think there's real friendships out there. And I've, I've wow. been out there. Yeah. I have a lot of friends out there, like in the YouTube, mm-hmm. in the YouTube game, they're all out there. And when I have my friends here, like we joke around, we have fun, um, mm-hmm. but they still come to me for serious stuff. And it's just, it's so important to play a character in your work um, mm-hmm. because if there's no such thing as being raw and real online, you can, you can attempt it. You, you, yeah, yeah. but no matter what you're sitting at the computer, typing up a caption or editing it or changing mm-hmm. the way it looks like it's always going to be edited. And 
as long as people, as long as you know that as a creator, then there's that separation automatically, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm sitting at the computer, and I'm like, I film something in 15 seconds, a minute, but then I go to the computer and I'm sitting down for 15 minutes to make it look right. good, right? Right. So that doesn't add up. <laughs> so that separation of that hard, that, that work, um, mm-hmm. that's when I know that's, that's a different me, right? Mm-hmm. It's when I have to put in this hard work. Um, so I'm, I'm still raw, I'm still real, but it's just a creation of that. Um, and I try to do it in a way that like, 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 how, like I was complimenting you before I was like saying how you do it in a really friendly matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important, especially with creating raw, real content, air quotes yeah. uh, online. It's like, you have to do it in a way that isn't you saying, okay, I'm better than you. So you're going to listen. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this yeah, many followers. Yeah. You're gonna listen to me. Mm. Now, that's the the key is to stay humble with with mm. all of this. Like a lot, I get a question a lot. Like, why haven't I moved out to LA and stuff like that? And it's just like mm. I'm gonna miss my mom. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I, I, like I, I've, I have a, I have a Jeep. I'm very happy. I can drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. I love taking public transit. I love mm-hmm. it. And it, I, I hate, I hate when, uh, when people of like with followers or an influence um, talk about like being humble. They're like, yeah, I do this to try to stay humble, but like in a sense, so cocky, but it's actually so important to, to mm. work, work on being humble, to work on humility and like everything like that. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, yeah. it's difficult, but it's, I think people make it harder than what it's set out to be. Hmm. Right. Yeah. They just That's get good. lost in it. Yeah. I have a line that I've said in the video, but it's that the opposite of humility isn't pride, it's shame. And, and that there's this idea that I think people who are constantly focused on trying to lower their ego have a really self-critical like battle with their own hearts and in their own minds. Yeah. And that's really good. And there's a, I had a buddy asked me like, how are you keeping a level head and all this? And I, and, and I was confused by the question because I'm like, oh, I don't even think about it. Like it, cause it's, yeah this is, I almost, uh, the way I explain it's like, cause I'm a symbol online. That that's, that's really psychologically what people are connecting to. Like, like I, uh, <laughs> it's been weird. I have a, I went from, you know, just filling up my caseload, just kind of like any other normal therapist, having a four year wait list in one month. Right. And just cause everything's on TikTok, which was incredible. So I have like a thousand people waiting to see me for counseling. But what I know is like, they're all going to be profoundly disappointed once they meet me. And that's not even necessarily like, me being self-deprecating or anything. It's just, it's because I'm a symbol. I said something in one minute because I used an analogy that really struck with them. And the 60 minutes that they meet with me is not going to be as impactful as a minute, minute by minute as that one minute was, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, because they, because that was an art form that was crafted. Like you're saying that was edited. But when you sit in the room with me, I'm just a normal person who makes jokes and burps and I don't know, like I, yeah. that isn't, that isn't all like quaffed hair and, and fancy lighting. It's just, <laughs> Uh, I'm just a dude and, and I'm going to say things that are inspirational and helpful sometimes. And then I'm going to miss the mark. Like I'm not going to hear you right. Or, or right. you're going to be offended by something I say. And that's not anything else than just being a human being. That's called a human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a human interaction. It's just yeah. going to be normal. And that's going to be profoundly disappointing for some people because, uh, and, and I'm not even trying to stave that off. It's just like, well, yeah, I'm, it's going to be normal. You're going to yeah. get in the session. You're going to sit across from me. You're going to think that I'm going to fix your life and it's not going to happen. Because uh, cause 
the tools to fix your life were always in your camp. Like that was always you. And I can, I can point out which ones might be helpful and even show you how to use some of them. But, but, um, especially it's not going to happen in yeah. 60 minutes, right? It's going to happen in, in multiple sessions. Yeah. It's, it's going to yeah. take years. And yeah. that's what I think a lot of people like I I've, I've gone to a therapist ever since I was 16. Yeah. I've gone through actually 17 therapists and just finding the mm-hmm. right, finding the right one. I remember I, my first therapist, I thought it was like, she was like going to fix everything. I thought it was yeah. like, just like yeah. a, you go into surgery and you come out and you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there was this older, older woman, probably 50s, 60s, and I was 16, and she mm-hmm. had this thick Indian accent. And mm-hmm. I was there, and I was like, what the hell is she saying? Like, I, I literally, I'm 16. Couldn't understand her. I was a hockey boy. Like, I'm like, I don't know anything what she said. Like, I could not understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was telling her, like, what's going on in my head. And then the next session, she would be like, okay, so you play lacrosse? And I'm like, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Right. Right. And multiple sessions with you. Like, and she's like reading off what she wrote down. I understand there's a lot of clients and stuff, but it's just like mm-hmm. that moment. I was like, wait, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like there's not that much disconnection with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I think like when people think about therapists, they're like, okay, I signed up. I'm ready. I paid my money. Let's go fix me. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, that's just not it. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like you can't walk out on the street and just find a new best friend. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a really close comparison. It's like friendship. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, when, when people meet me, there was a, there was a phase in my, in my little career where people were wowed when they saw me, like Mm. when they saw me, they're like, Oh my God, Joey, like what? This is when I was like younger. It was like the teenage heartthrob, whatever. They were like, Oh my God, I want a picture. I want a picture. I would always be like, this happy times episode is brought to you by BetterHelp." A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I would use it to try and better understand myself. I find I sometimes get lost in not understanding how I'm feeling to the point where I'm not enjoying my moment. And that's where therapy comes into play. I think it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries because it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists if you find you aren't fitting well at any time for no additional cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HappyTimes today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HappyTimes. No matter what, like say I was out like eating with friends Mm -hmm. and they came up to me, I'd be like, they they would be like, Oh my God. Hi, Joey. And I'm like, Hey, so what do you think I should order? Mm -hmm. I would just like humanize yourself a bit. Just involve them into my conversation. I would never ever change what I was talking about. I would be like, Oh my God. Hi, thank you so much. Like I would, but I would then involve them into like, Mm -hmm. if I was out with friends, I would introduce them. Like I would, I would just, Mm -hmm. and it was way, I grew up a shy kid. So it was so much easier Mm -hmm. for me to not be like, Oh my God, what's up? Yeah, I'm Joey. Let's take a picture like in front of everybody. I was mm-hmm. like, that's just not me. So I was like, I would always just bring them into the conversation that I was having. And my friends were always mm-hmm. like, how do you not get awkward? I'm like, why would I get awkward just to talk about what I'm already doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, we, we yes. posted on Instagram about talking about, let's do a little advice session. Yeah, so that's right. we asked for some things. 
Um, I think the first thing that'd be really interesting to talk about, because I see a lot of it, especially on like, especially online and especially in quarantine mm-hmm. right now is long distance relationships. Right, right. Have, yeah. have you ever been in one? Because you've, you're, you're, well, you're expecting a child now too, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. Congrats. I, my wife Paige and I have been married for seven years and we're expecting a little girl in March. So we're pumped. Yeah. Do you have, we, a, name? Uh, Do you have a name picked out? Do you have names? We, we have a tentative name, but I got to see her. You know, oh, like I just yeah. got to see her face. I got to see if it fits. Yeah. Like Paige has been making fun of me because every time we say a name, we're trying to figure out a name. I have to go like yell it real quick in the house. And she's like, why? She's like, because it, it has to yell well. Yeah. Like I have to, 100%. 100%. <laughs> the syllables have to roll off the tongue. It has to, I has to feel like I could just, you know, yeah. bark it if they're running out in the road. Like it can't sound weird. Um, oh, literally, I, I don't mean to compare <laughs> it to this, but like literally when I was taking my dog's name, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. hold on. And I opened the door and I yelled it. I was like, Frankie. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah. yeah. So you always got to try it on. Like you're trying on clothes. Like you just have to yeah. wear it for a bit and see if it fits. And yeah. And, and so then, I, yeah, once you see her, you'll, you'll know for sure. Yeah. yeah I got to see her. But um, yeah, long distance. So Paige and I, so Paige is from Indiana um, and we met in school in college. And, and so she would go back to work um, at home during the summers. And so we had like summer breaks and Christmas breaks apart. And so there was like, like a three, four month period, maybe twice a year um, yeah. that, that we'd endure. So, I mean, that's, that's not as long as a lot of people when they think long distance relationships, but yeah. yeah. So I, I, I maybe can relate to the stresses of it. Have you been in one? Yeah. So I've been in one, I was in one for a year and a half and it actually ended like very mutually, very just like, I, you know, you kind of, I feel like with relationships, you know, you know, you know where it's going and especially with long distance and, and I feel like, especially at certain ages as well, you can kind of see where it's going. And she was going off to college. She lived in Florida. I lived in Ottawa in Canada. So it was like quite a separation, but I was also on tour. Um, I was on tour for three years. Yeah. And so every time instead of flying home, I would fly to her. So mm. I saw her probably every two weeks, mm. maybe, maybe definitely every month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, it was great. It was honestly the separation. I feel like uh, you definitely need your alone time in relationships. Mm-hmm. So it was like perfect. You know, I, I had time with them and then I'd go have me time and then I would go have time with that. It was awesome. But the distance, you know, you, you go your separate ways. And, and especially when people are going off to college, like experience is an amazing thing. And I don't think we should ever like yeah. take experience away from somebody. And so that's yeah. what, that's what she went and often did. And that's what I went off and did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think everybody always asks me about long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that I think about is you have to think that a long, you want your long distance relationship to end. And mm-hmm. I, in the way that yeah, you don't want it to be long distance anymore, you have to end the distance part. So mm-hmm. you have to think in the future that like, okay, I want this to end in the sense that you're going to be in an actual relationship where you're there, you're here with each other. Right. Um, and a lot of people like, especially right now, they, with quarantine, it's so tough because we're talking with so many people online and they get infatuated over text. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Um, mm. I don't, you know, I don't th- also don't think there's something great about that. Mm. It's, it's mm. kind of like in this limbo, like in this inception limbo where you're like, mm. okay, this is like some picture perfect world. And then, and then that's when, you know, they sit down for that 60 minute session. They're like, yeah. it's supposed to be loud. And yeah. You're like, what okay, do you think wait. are the signs for somebody that if they're trying to figure out, okay, is this, is this good? Is this going somewhere positive or should I break this off? Any things that you'd look for in long distance? I mean, communication is so key. Everyone always says that, mm-hmm. but I think, 
it's, I think with communication, it's, it's almost, I don't know how to say it. It's almost better when somebody's not speaking and you can communicate just, just through knowing. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, but I think especially with relationships, if, if you need to talk about everything, every single thing that you did that day, or you're updating them while you're doing it, then I think that person is, is almost really scared to lose you or, or yeah. they, they, they kind of know that it's, that it's going away versus, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you sit down and you have that conversation, mm. right? I think that's yeah. really important because then it's yeah. wild. It's like, what did you do today? Mm. Oh, wait a second. I already know everything that you did. Mm. There's, there's nothing here for me. Well, it sounds learn. like you're saying that like, it's a, it's a blend of trust, like just like a security in the relationship to where you don't always have to be following up, but then also maintaining individuality and having something to bring to the table. Well, I think with long distance, that's super important, right? Because you're not there. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not there. Like, so I think as long as you both really know and you have common ground of, and I understand that this is still distance, you're going to talk to other people. And as, as long as you're open to, I think the, the, the people who hold on to, to somebody in a really negative way, it's like, okay, who did you talk to? You talked to, oh, you talked to Sarah? Like, okay, no, I said, you can't talk to her anymore. You can't, yeah. that it's done. It's already done. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. a really, that's a really hard thing to, to work on. Um, mm-hmm. And to, to under, for, to understand a thought that somebody can't explain to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in a relationship is that's really tough and especially in distance right because you're not there to work through it you're not there to meet sarah you're not mm-hmm. there to understand that relationship you know what right. i mean yeah, it's hard to have conflict outside of the context it's it's hard to yeah understand the variables that you're trying to fix or make better without having a full understanding of what's happening yeah so how do you how do you think somebody would make it work well, the biggest thing I say is it has to be worth it. Like the distance has to be worth it. Not even worth it. Like, oh, I love this person. So it's worth staying with them. I just mean like, well, what's the reason you guys are separate? Like, what's the reason you guys are in different cities? What's the reason you guys are in different places? Right. Or what you're doing that's keeping you there? Is that worth it? So for example, like if you're just living in different cities and that's just because you were where you grew up and you have different families and you're like, oh, we'll just be in this relationship. We'll kind of see where it goes. I mean, there's a trial period where that makes a lot of sense, but eventually, like I like what you're saying, is it has to you have to have a vision for how you're going to end the distance, and so someone's going to have to come either yeah. to the other person's city or you're going to have to meet somewhere halfway. But if it's like someone's going to school in a different city, is is yeah. that degree program worth it? Do both people in the relationship feel like, yep, okay, he's going to go to school for four years and then he's going to come back home, and that's worth it because that degree program is really going to open up doors yeah. for his career and that's meaningful, you know. Four years is a lot. It's a long time. It's a I don't huge think, I don't think, time. I don't think people understand that when they, because that's a huge, that's a common thing is people going to school, mm-hmm. right? That's a yeah. huge thing for distance. And it's like four years is a long time. And it's a transformation going to school. Like you, you're yeah. a different person at the end of it. So it's not obvious that the person you dated when they left is the person you're dating when they get back. Yeah. But well, I mean, and if they are, and that's also something you got to look mm-hmm. into, right? Cause you've yeah. changed. Like we, we change. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Right. Right. And I think uh, when I was in a long distance relationship, the one thing that made it work was planning the next, if you are mm-hmm. distance, mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you are going to school or whatever you're doing, like, I think don't leave until you have a goal for the next meet or the next end or whatever mm-hmm. it is. 
And I think that's super that's important great. because it's not just up in the air. It's not just like, it's like when you go out with drinks for friends and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll see you next time. And it's like, when is next time? Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. it's going to be never like you need yeah. to like set it, set it like, or you know what I mean? I've also seen, so I've worked with a lot of people who just have jobs that they're gone a lot. Like, um, like just people who work on construction sites and they'll go to a job that's just kind of in the, <laughs> in the, in the bush or in deep in the woods where they're gone right. for like two weeks at a time, putting piping in or something or, yeah. um, or, or clients who, you know, one person's in the military and then they go on deployment. And so they're gone for like eight months or, or longer, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. because of that. And, and the question again for them is the same question it is for, you know, the 18 year old trying to figure out, do we still date, even though they're going to school in a different state, it's, is, yeah. is it worth it? Is, is what they're going to do worth the sacrifice of yeah. the distance? And what a, one of the biggest things that, so I, I talk with therapists, I actually use, mm-hmm. use better help. And I, I found, yeah. Yeah. I found the perfect therapist for me, especially in quarantine, like mm-hmm. things were shut down and I was like, everyone's going through their own thing right now. But I, mm-hmm. I, I found this great therapist and she, she would always ask me about when I would talk about like past relationships or current relationships, she would always ask me the one question. She's like, always ask yourself, is this fair to them? Hmm. Those words hmm. destroyed me. Every thought that I was like, Oh yeah, I know what's going on. She asked me that. And I was like, Whoa, hmm. you know, is this fair to them? Yeah. And so holding people accountable, especially in relationships is, is it's almost, it's very common, but it's also, almost invisible a lot of the time like we don't notice we're doing it um and so kind of like asking yourself that like every every so often i think is super important and so, it, it's so mm-hmm. powerful like that that one line is mm-hmm. is it fair to them because then you you, you obviously you're always thinking about yourself mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't, I don't care <laughs> it doesn't matter you're always, yeah, you're always yeah. thinking about yourself first it's always yeah. going to be that way so asking yeah. that like obviously you know is it fair to yourself mm-hmm. like you're already asking yourself mm-hmm. that so thinking about them is a huge thing for a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. I love that. Yeah, I thought I like immediately. I, I've talked about relationships, mm-hmm. and I've I've talked with my friends, and I feel like I'm very educated on it. Um, mm-hmm. And she popped that question. I was like, I've just everything I know is wrong. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, what? It was yeah. it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what was the what was the top question that you got asked on Instagram? I got a lot, asked a lot about long distance. Um, yeah. I think there's, there's also just a lot of talk around anxiety and feeling like, how do I let thoughts go that just feel intrusive and like, they're just kind of like bumping into my mind and I can't let it go. So that could be stuff about self-criticism and, mm-hmm. and feeling frustrated at yourself for failure. That could be uh, just fear of the future and not really sure how things are going to pan out. Um, but what do you do when you just feel overwhelmed mentally? Like when those thoughts just jet into your mind? I think finding your own little outlet is is so underlooked yeah right and i i find a lot of the dms that i get are you know okay i'm feeling this way how do i solve this but like you don't have to solve it right away and i think i think you kind of like you were saying in, in therapy you ask the couples to kind of like um repeat what they, what the other person said. And I think that's, that's almost important for ourselves as well. If we're having this question that's going on in our minds, like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to revisit stuff. So mm-hmm. in, in my situation, like I know if I have a big thing on my head, uh, I'm, I'm very impulsive. I can't decide this right away. So I'll go out for a run. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. then I'll come back yeah. and I'm like, exercise is the number one thing for me. I think it's, I think it's a yeah. huge factor for everyone, but mm-hmm. I, not, it's not for everyone. Um, but I think it could help a lot of people. It's just, it's just dopamine. It's endorphins. It's blood level. It's everything. It's just changing something. I think mm-hmm. like, I think for, for men, especially like playing video games is huge. Mm. Like a lot, a lot of girls don't understand the boyfriends playing video games. I'm like, mm. it's because they shut off. Guys can mm. like really only think about like one thing at a time. And it's like when they're overthinking, it's, it's not so easy to just multitask. So it's like yeah. when we get when we're playing Call of Duty and we're killing a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing else is in our head. We have this headset yeah. on and we're just going and like, we, we need that time, that, that alone time from our thoughts mm. even. Um, that's how I solve it. It's just, it's a lot of people would think about that as like ignoring the problem. It's not, it's, it's, it's just thinking about it in kind of a different headspace as well. Like I'll, I'll go out and run. Like I think about all my ideas and everything that I talk about when I'm out running, I'll like, I'll, I'll talk to friends and they'll, they'll talk about a struggle and I'm like, okay, that's really good. But I don't have an answer yet. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would Mm -hmm. say about this. I'll go for a run. I'll be like, randomly like oh shit that was it that's it yeah 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 what what would you say like obviously that's so good well i think i think there's a there's a theme in what you're saying that i that i say the same thing where it's this i i have a psychobabble term for it which is just called diffusion that's like that's what you'll see in (laughs) all the textbooks but all that all that means is this ability to like notice a thought that comes in your head and not have to act on it immediately um in the way that it demands you to act Meaning like, okay, so you have this thought that's like, oh crap, maybe I'm being awkward. Right. Okay. So then maybe that jumps into your head. And then, and then what happens in this conversation is you'll immediately just stop listening to what the other person's saying and you'll start hyper-focusing on, okay, what am I doing? That's being awkward right now. Like is, is, are my, you know, is, is my hair weird? Is my fly down? Like, I don't know. Like you start thinking, I'm hyper self-conscious of yourself. And then am I talking too loud? Am I talking too soft? Am I talking enough? And then the other person looks at you and says, well, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh crap. Yeah. And, and, and you feel really, really like reinforced, meaning like you'll, you'll think to yourself, yep, I knew I was awkward. And that's actually an interesting conclusion to, to not listen because you're being self-conscious to then experience awkwardness in the conversation. But it's because you were being self-conscious. So like another way I like yeah. to explain this is people who have severe OCD. Like let's say they're really nervous about germs and they wash their hands 300 times a day. And what you'll notice if you work with people with severe OCD like that is they'll get cracks on their knuckles. They'll get cracks on their hands. Their skin will actually start to like really dry up because of the sulfates in the soaps. And and sometimes there's lotions and stuff that help, but everyone uh, in COVID right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, you know, what will happen um, sometimes is that one of those cracks will get infected. Mm -hmm. Like I had a client that had a really bad infection on the cracks in her hands. And that's because she was washing her hands and there was a huge aha moment that, the thing I was doing to run away from the problem brought about the catastrophe that I was worried about. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's really that interesting. Happens. And that happens all the time in so many different things. So the social awkwardness, the, the, the anxiety about being socially awkward created social awkwardness. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. So there's this moment where we have to think, okay, I have a thought occur to me. I'm being awkward. I have a thought occurred to me. I'm going to get germs. I'm going to get sick. Uh, I'm a failure. I shouldn't even be in this job. This relationship is over. The distance isn't working, whatever. There's, there's some sort of catastrophe that occurs to you and that's good and fine. But then the question is, 
two things. What is your interpretation of that thought? Like, is that coming from the deepest, truest parts of you? And, and that's absolute truth, or could that be misguided in some way? And the second is, okay, what do I do in response to this thought? And that's where you're saying like, maybe you just need to go on a run and that's okay. <laughs> and that's not, not being genuine. Like, yeah. it's like, who says that every thought that pops in your head is you? Like, why can't that just be that really critical teacher from school? Why can't that be your mom? Why can't that be, you know, the, the you that was like worried about whatever it's, it's like, there's, there's a, there's a looseness that we can hold our thoughts and they occur to us in our mind. And then we can actually have some grace for them. We can hold them just a little bit further away from us and be like, okay, yeah. Interesting thought. Um, I'm going to figure out how to act on that thought a little later. And that's actually okay. Yeah. It's perspective, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's almost like, this one-sided opinion or one-sided solution that we give ourselves actually becomes our problem, mm. right? Because we're so, like you said, hyper-focused that we, we think we know the answer and it's like, okay, this is it. Mm. And then that's all we, we didn't think about any other path. We didn't think about any other perspective. Right. And then mm. when you, obviously something, obviously you would think about something, it's going to become a problem yeah. because you're not thinking about anything else. So then that could be a problem because you're not thinking about it. So things you need to get done, right um so Good. are you down for a little psychological game real quick yeah if you're listening this could be kind of interesting all right so yeah. if you're just listening to this i'm gonna we're, we're gonna i'm gonna put you through a little psychological test like don't don't so, worry it's not gonna be too weird so here's what i want everyone to do if you're listening maybe you're driving so don't close your eyes if you're driving but if if you're just sitting in a room close your eyes and i want you to picture a white elephant and it could be a cartoon elephant an african elephant it could be an asian elephant like whatever it could be anything so i want you to picture the tusks picture the trunk picture the feet, picture the, uh, the, the wrinkly skin and just hold that in your mind just for a second. Okay. So I have my phone out and I'm going to, I have a timer set and for the next 30 seconds, 30 seconds is going to feel like a lot <laughs> on a dead air podcast, but, but just roll with me for the next 30 seconds. I want you to not think about that white elephant. And if you do, if you mess up, if you make a mistake, I want you to snap your fingers and I want you to count how many times you snap your fingers and you mess up. Okay. Ready? Do not think about the white elephant and go. And done. All right. You only snapped. How many times you snap? I snapped once. Good job. Which That's is, probably the best score I've ever seen. Which is really I saw your eyes. I saw your eyes ra rapidly going around the room. <laughs> what were you doing? Well, I was like, the game, wait, hold on. Because you said it two different ways. You okay. said to, were we supposed to think about the white elephant? No, you're supposed to not think about the white elephant. Okay. At the start, you, you said. About it? No, at the start, you said the, the other way. I saw, I saw right, your right. tech. I saw your TikTok. Um, so I, I already knew this. So I, I've practiced. <laughs> that's why I was so good. Cause I was like, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. So at the beginning, like you're holding it in your mind and then immediately once you put the rule in place that you're not supposed to think about it. Oh, there's... I'm really good at not thinking about things because. Hey, good job. Oh, ADHD is my best friend. Yeah, so yeah, that's great. Well, I, uh, so I, I play this game with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And so the average is about four. So if you're listening and you got yeah. like, like three to four snaps that's about the average um i had one lady fall asleep during the exercise one so she won she got zero. Oh, because she closed her eyes 
<laughs> she closed her eyes. And I was like, don't think about the white elephant. And she just fell asleep. And I was like, wow, okay, she beat the game. She did it. She's the, the she's uh <laughs> she's top score. And then there's uh you're right, there's people that like yourself that have this ability to just kind of like rapidly fill your mind with other things for like 30 seconds. Um, maybe snap once or twice. Yeah. Oh, the literally the reason why I thought about it was because I was like, wait, what am I thinking about? What am I supposed to be thinking about? And then that's when I thought about it. I was like, okay, this, and I was like, okay, the, the tasks. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's exactly it because you can't actually measure if you're winning the game without thinking about the game. Whoa, you just ruined the game. I just lost yeah. the game. That's it. I, that's, a that's, cla- it. that's a class. That's, that's literally, it's the same psychological thing because, and, and that happens with thoughts. So like, hey, uh, be positive. Like mm-hmm. when you think just be positive and then you think, well, why do I have to be positive? Oh crap, because I have these negative thoughts. Oh, I just yeah. remembered the negative thought. And it's almost like the the mental game of, okay, be positive, think positively actually becomes a reminder for the negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and in relationships, it's like, oh, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if, I, if we're actually in love. I don't know if this is good. Okay, don't think about that. Just try to be in the moment, be in the moment. Just try to, try to see the positives. And it's like when you're forcing yourself not to think about something, just the, just the presence of that rule is going to really mess you up. It's going to actually right. trip you and, and actually make the negative thoughts intrude into your mind with with higher at a higher rate because if you think about it, even now like as you're listening mm-hmm. how many times have you thought about a white elephant since you know we stopped playing the game probably a few yeah a few, a few times yeah a few times okay yeah, yeah. and if in, for some people it's like they'll, they'll look at me and it's like oh, I, haven't, I haven't barely thought of it at all yeah and it's uh, for me i have to retract uh, i'm like okay wait because yeah. like because i get so so lost in other things because mm. um, my mind's always always wandering or my eyes are always wandering I have to always, I find myself tracking back to be like, okay, wait, hold on. What are we talking about? We've got to be in this. Um, that's, that's just, that's just yeah, who I am. That's, 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 that's what I do. Um, yeah. I totally forgot what I was going to say next. So. Sorry. Right. Well, I was going to say just to, that with that's interesting about that exercise too, is asking people, okay, what were you doing to not think about the white elephant? And it's usually a distraction. I had to think about something else. And yeah. I had to fill my mind with something like I had one person was like, I thought about a white rabbit. I'm like, that's a good idea. You know, it's to think it's, about uh, something. It, so like almost similar but di- different to notice the detail mm-hmm. in what's the what's the differences that's that's yeah. interesting what i would do um what i always found really really cool um when i when i was in my i think i was like when i was 22 and i was like really trying to find out what i'd like that I, I started going on a lot of dates and yeah. i would i would be a little i was always a little bit more comfortable especially going after on tour i was i was comfortable with talking to people i was comfortable with creating conversation and and kind of just really making sure that people feel heard and they're comfortable to talk about whatever they want to talk about. But a lot of times I found them getting kind of lost in it. Their sentences mm-hmm. like were not structured. It didn't make sense. And I was like, okay, they're feeling really nervous. And I would always go down and I would touch my shoe. Mm-hmm. And what would they do? They would go down and touch their shoe. And I'm like, okay, they're, they're, they're paying too much attention to these. Like they're really hyper-focused on something right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, and then I would touch my face and they touched their face. And I was like, okay, they're really focused on me that they're not, they're not even thinking about what they're saying. But then I would, I would start talking and they'd be like, they would just like stare at me. And I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> this is terrifying. But every time yeah. they got to talk, you know, it, it was also nerves, but they, their sentences would just like, just go everywhere. And then I would, whenever I found that, I would almost, I wouldn't interrupt in a mean way, but I would be like, mm-hmm. I would just, reference something that we've already talked about mm. again just like that joke just like i said and when i did that they became more comfortable mm. 
right? And they, they immediately would like, they calm down. They're like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I went to school for, the, for this and I, and I was like, okay, why? And then they would like, they would feel more comfortable right away. And so, mm. I don't know, you kind of just got a, a really, really good friend is really good at snapping you out of things, right? Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, That's good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What other questions did you get? Oh, well, we're, we're, we're running out of time here. So let's go to the last one. Right. The yeah. last one um, is the biggest one. I think it's the most common thing in the entire world. And that's heartbreak. Mm. Right. You know, how do you, how do you get over someone is the biggest thing. Mm. And what's, what, do you have a good answer other than time? <laughs> um, you know, I think, yeah, I think you, you said something good a while back where a lot of the relational problems that we had in high school are really similar to the marriage problems and the more complex problems people have later in life. Like there's a lot of common themes. And so I work with a lot of people trying to cope and recover from a divorce or something really catastrophic that happened. And like their kids are really traumatized and it it can be really intense. But I also talk to a lot of teenagers who are getting through just, you know, maybe their first crush and feeling rejected. And, And I think, where heartbreak can go awry is in a couple of things. One where you have this rule in your head that I need closure in order to heal. That's that, that trips people up because what that is, is a dependence on the other person in order to heal. It's like, you're making this rule in your own head that they need to do something. They need, they need to cooperate with a set of expectations that I have in my own mind in order for me to feel like I can move on. And what that does is keep, it keeps people perpetually codependent on their ex. It's funny. Cause I, I, I just made a thing on that. Oh, really? Yeah. What did you say? Last night. I, well, I talked about that. I was like, the reason why we have, because somebody asked me about um, getting over someone you love that you weren't with. Uh, mm. They worded it way better than I just did. But basically, yeah. like falling in love with somebody online that, mm. that you've never met, that, were not, that they weren't in love with you. It's like falling in somebody who didn't even know you existed. And I'm like, well, the, the hard thing to get over that is because you're constantly looking for closure. You're constantly looking mm. for them to play your game. Um, and you're, you're looking for feedback. And so that's, that's really difficult for other people to move forward. Um, and I, it's, it's, I found there, I also wrote, so in my, in my book, I wrote about this one, this one breakup I had, I was devastated that it it just like, wasn't going a certain way. And I, I, I broke up with this girl and she didn't respond the way I wanted to. Right. And that sat with me for so long. Like, yeah. I think, and it, it makes me sound like an asshole, but in, in the book I wrote, she didn't cry when I broke her heart and that mm. broke me much more. And mm. it's because I was waiting for her to play my game. Right. And she didn't, she played her own. Mm. And that's, that's such that's, a good line. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. You. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Cause there's uh, I think the grief there is, oh, I wasn't as important to you as I thought I was, mm-hmm. you know, or, or maybe I, I wasn't as important to you as you were to me. So how would you say that somebody kind of works against that? Well, so a few things. One, one is I think the way that this expresses itself is people perpetually like maybe stalking their ex on social media to see if they're happy, to see if they moved on. Their next partner, they're trying to figure out, okay, what does this girl or guy have that I don't? Like, how is this person superior to me? And, and they kind of just treat their ex like this perfect standard of like femininity or masculinity. And it's like masculinity rejected me, not just this guy. Oh, yeah. It's like, yep. you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, I, I'm undesirable to the male race, not just to, 
you know, Devin, you know, or yeah. whatever it's, and that, that's a really big trap to fall into. So I think there's a little bit of insight and perspective in being able to say like, people have different um, tastes and they're in different times of their life and they have different priorities. They have different things that they need or don't need. And, and sometimes it's someone's fault. Like it's someone's an error. And sometimes it's just not a good match. Like all of those things. Like sometimes I ask people to step outside of maybe even just their situation and talk about another friend that they know that, they, that went through a breakup mm-hmm. and be like, if they were in your situation, if they were struggling with this, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. And, and usually that sobers up a little bit of the, um, of the codependence that, that they're feeling in their heart towards their ex. It's like, I need his or her approval to feel like I have worth and I need to know what is insufficient in me from them so that I can fix it. So next time I don't get into that. And those are all rules. Those are all games that we play. Maybe we don't think that like bar for bar in our heads, but Mm -hmm. emotionally we're almost acting that out. And, and that gets really complex really quickly. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I have, I have one of my best friends, he, he was dating someone for years, I forget how long, and he's a very tough guy, but I've never seen that guy cry more than when, mm-hmm. he, when, his, when his girlfriend broke up with him. He, he's like the classic tough, tough guy. Like he makes his jokes and everything, but I've never seen him cry more, and only to me, only mm-hmm. to me. Um, and what I learned from that is, I, and I, it's a tough thing to say. It's, it's also not something that I would necessarily recommend to somebody, but when going through a breakup, when trying to get over somebody, I think it's important to go through the breakup Mm. to be broken, right. To acknowledge the fact and accept the fact that like this happened. Like I I find a lot of people are like, okay, how do we make myself feel okay? How do I make myself feel better? Like I need them to give me this closure to, to make it all okay, to make it all go away. And like, okay, we're friends, we're happy. But then, when somebody says something like that, you're just like, okay, when, so we're going to get back together. So like, it's fine right now. Right. And so we're, we're still, again, we're going back in that limbo and you know, we're in this world where we're not even addressing like the issue, the problem that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important to just go through the breakup, go through the eating the ice cream, go through the crying, go through the yeah. watching sad movies, listen to sad music, like go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll learn a lot about yourself. That's not, again, that's not something that I, I would necessarily like recommend maybe on like even a, like, a, like a therapy level, but that's something that I've definitely noticed is like for the, when I went through a really, really tough breakup, I didn't acknowledge it for so long mm. and oh, it was awful. And then, I, and then I went through that little bad period. Maybe it was like, I don't know, two weeks to a month maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was awful, but I came out of that stronger than ever. And I was like, this little two weeks a month was really hard, but it was way better than this year that I didn't acknowledge the situation in a whole. Um, so that's like the personal yeah. <laughs> experience that I can recommend. I love that. I also think journaling sometimes is, is super helpful for people because you actually use a different part of your brain when you journal than when you just think in your own head or even when you talk. You know, so there's, there's something about journaling that actually helps you just think more because you're forced to kind of put things in order. You're forced to put things into words. Yeah. And, and so like some journal prompts that I usually kind of push people towards is like, just like, what are the beliefs about yourself that you had after this relationship? Like, what is, what, uh, what influences is this relationship having on your opinion of you? And then, and then things just like, what did you learn out of this? Like, what did you take away? Like, and even, even prompts like uh what were the best parts of this like what were the best parts of this relationship 
And that's hard. That's it, it's heartbreaking to hold on to that because you just want to, you almost, it, there's a false comfort in just thinking the whole thing is a mess and they're just a jerk. And it, it was just all terrible. A holistic picture, your heart will actually be comforted and mourning. And that's kind of what we're talking about is genuinely mourning the relationship in its entirety. I, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, when I'm also, I'm also a big fan of um, almost being friends with your ex, not like best buddy, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you should be best buddy, buddy with your ex, but like, no, yeah, yeah. to just, you care for this person. I don't mm-hmm. like, unless it ended really badly, I don't think it's an awful thing to, you know, to, I, I don't think it's, I don't think this is for when you immediately break up and you're going through your heartbreak to like stalk them or anything, but right, right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to think about them every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, to, to think about how they're doing. Like they were a huge part of your life, depending on how, how long the relationship was and how invested you were, how much you knew their family and stuff. But I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's awful. Like my, my, my girl, my girlfriend right now, um, she dated somebody for eight years and mm-hmm. I would never hold it to her that she couldn't talk to that family ever again. Mm. It's, that's eight years of somebody's life that they were connected to. Like, yeah. that's super important. That's actually what, that's a huge factor of what made her the way she is and how much she learned mm. about herself now. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think when we think about breakup, it's like immediately over and mm. yeah, maybe the, maybe that relationship is, but your thoughts don't have to be, you don't have to put somebody so negative in your mind. Right. Mm. Again, they, they, obviously if somebody does something awful to you, you should, hate them you want to kill them but yeah. if it's just if it's just an ending relationship like a lot of a lot of relationships actually end in a pretty normal way yeah. pretty very mutual yeah. and so to to add such a negative thing to that mm. right away i think is normal <laughs> to, to be like oh yeah yeah but like if you're still thinking negatively about that in five years then there's something there that you got to address yeah. right and that that's that's a huge sign for people yeah i think the theme I hear in what you're saying too, is just like, don't put rules around the breakup necessarily. Sometimes the rules are the most painful parts. Like I can't be feeling sad right now. I should, because they hurt me. I shouldn't be feeling positive feelings towards them. That's a big one. Yeah. Like they betrayed me. I shouldn't still love them. Or, you know, I, I I shouldn't be still feeling this several months later. I should be moved Mm -hmm. on by now. It's all these shoulds. Yeah. You know, like I had a a friend, I, I don't recommend this as like a, bumper sticker or tagline for anybody but my friend was like yeah stop shooting on it all over yourself and and i was like that's gross and <laughs> grotesque and but it always stuck with me so i yeah. i always like with clients uh it's with some of them it's just a joke it's like you're shooting on yourself again you need to stop shooting and yeah. uh because there's all these rules that keep people locked in <laughs> so but it's so good i oh well and this was this last one because i think i think this i i actually wrote this last question um, yeah. but I think it, it, I, I worded it in a way that people think a lot, but they just, they haven't asked it yet. Um, when you go through a breakup, you're obviously you're hurting. And a lot of times when they're stalking each other on Instagram, whatever, you're like, Oh my God, they look so happy. You always ask yourself, but why don't they seem to be hurting? Why are they not going through the pain that I, that I am right now? Like they seem fine out of this breakup. Why am I? die right what what do you say that that's tough i I find that's that's yeah i'll i'll mull mull it over what are your thoughts on that what's your reaction as you've been sitting with that i think people just i think it's important to understand that people handle things differently yeah right like when when you come out of a breakup when you come out of something that was so 
that impacted you so emotionally and like in every way I find, I find love hits us in every aspect, yeah. right? We, like our, our bodies everything mentally, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally. And so when somebody comes out of a breakup, they, it, they can go any which way very drastically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They kind of cling on to, to something that feels comfortable to them. Yeah. And what seems to be right at the time, that's, you know, everyone's going to handle it differently. And I think, that's super important to understand mm-hmm. is that they, they definitely are hurting. Mm-hmm. They definitely are. And I don't think there's a certain measure of pain that's going to equal what you're feeling. Yeah. And I think that the thing to ask yourself is like, if they were hurting more or the same as you, would that make you happy? Mm-hmm. Why, why would that make you happy mm-hmm. that they, they don't want to be yeah. here or, you know, like, why would you ever wish that upon somebody, especially somebody that you loved, even though it ended? Mm-hmm. So Good I think, thought. yeah, because I think thinking, thinking negatively has never been hard, mm-hmm. right? Negative thoughts have never been hard to come up with. So I think once you go through your, your tough points of a breakup, I think at the end of it, it's, it's important to think about the positive things that were in it, you know? So instead of like, why don't they seem to be hurting? I think maybe word it a little bit differently and be like, what are they up to? What's making them happy now? Yeah. Right. And it's not that I didn't make them happy. It's, it's just, a, it's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. What's made. And then you ask yourself, what's making me happy. Right. Yeah. I align really closely to that. That's really good. I think um, the only point I'd add is sometimes people don't hurt and sometimes you break up with someone and they, they're not broken up about it at all. Like maybe, especially yeah. like where the relationships that have been fizzling out for a while, or there's some big betrayal where someone leaves and, and they don't look like they're heartbroken and, and I'll just say, even if they're not, that doesn't mean you're not valuable. Yeah. Even if you're not, that doesn't mean that that means you don't matter or your love didn't matter or you were disposable. Or well, yeah, especially um, if it's been out. They could have been going through heartbreak while in the relationship. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, really well said. Absolutely. And yeah, the heartbreak happens at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it will. It will. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously that's tough because then somebody's going to ask the question, well, okay, well, when were they breaking up? Well, when were they breaking when we were dating? And yeah. then that's, that's obviously yeah. that's something it's different where you got to every person. It's different for every person. You got to sit down and you got to talk about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's good. I think, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. Joy, you're making such good stuff, man. I, I thank think you. I've, I've been really excited. Just watch, I watch you every day and, and really enjoy just the way you're putting stuff into words and the art that you're making and, and I think you have a really big rapport with the people that follow your stuff because like, you're honest. And, and that's not something I can say about a lot of creators. And thank you. Is from the outset, like I think what builds my trust, what gets me, you know, <laughs> searching your page and looking up for it and seeing what you're posting every night is like, gosh, there's a genuine honesty and authenticity um, well, to what you're making. You don't, you don't seem like you're trying to uh, use your audience for some ulterior thing. You're, um, I mean, I need them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not yeah. to their own detriment, maybe, if that right. makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I think the same about you. I think I spent the first 30 minutes of this <laughs> complimenting your content. I think you're doing amazing things. Yeah. Um, and definitely, definitely keep it up. And Thank best you. of luck with, uh, with the pregnancy and everything. Yeah, thanks. And thanks congrats. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. All I have is a dog. So, hey, that's great, too. Yeah. yeah. Just, just you, a man. hairier baby. <laughs> yeah. um, but thank you very much for coming on the podcast uh, I think it would be cool to do another one in the future but we'll see the yeah. response to this one and see how, mm. how people like it and uh, love it cool yeah. well, anytime man anytime cool
cool. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I know that was a really, really long podcast, but it was one of my favorite ones that I've ever made. And, and I hope it helped you see from many different sides. I hope it opened your eyes. I hope it made you think in the best way possible. And if it did, please, please, please let me know or let Matthias and I know and DM us or follow us on TikTok or wherever. And um, it'd be really interesting to see if it was impactful for anybody and how it did. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening and watching and you guys are amazing and stay you stay beautiful and we'll talk to you guys next time bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.